so now it's a matter of us pulling it all together to light the whole joint and, and putting on what I think will be a brilliant showcase for the sport. Yeah, we'll be honest with ourselves next week, as usual, and say, OK, it's a stonking result, but what could we have done better? Finding that passion for racing again. You know, stop looking at it like my job and, and go back to just doing it because I love racing cars and I love competing and that's really what's changed this year. Hi everyone, welcome to Inside Supercars. Shane Van Gisbergen from the Red Bull Holden Racing Team here. Welcome to Inside Supercars. Craig Ravel and Tony Whitlock, post-Winton weekend. Fabulous uh, sort of uh, weekend from my point of view, Craig. It was some good racing, albeit that uh, a little bit processional at times. Craziness in the penalty department with uh, a bit of Tiggy Touchwood going on a few times, but some really interesting moments uh, during that weekend for you, Craig. As you know, I was only there on the Sunday, and certainly the action race, belying trends that we have seen throughout the last few years, was Saturday was the action race where everything happened, and the Sunday race was processional at best but there's plenty we'll talk about out of that uh, race throughout the show tony i would say that there is a lot of things it's it, it is proverbial supercars at the moment is proverbial well the proverbial duck there is a lot of paddling going underneath that water but it's just bobbing along like the titanic that it is yes indeed one thing that was interesting out of the weekend tony was certainly the penalties that were dished out and uh, uh, a few jokes there about maybe the driver's standards advisor is uh, getting paid bonuses on the penalties <laughs> yes indeed it uh, it was a bit crazy at times and uh, far too many times it seemed as though uh, people running side by side who um, maybe it wasn't a clear clear-cut case, but it, it seems that they jumped too quickly uh, in handing a penalty out. Uh, I think five 15-second uh, penalties in the Sunday race, a number on the Saturday, and there were some inconsistencies too. The uh, Fabian Coulthard one uh, certainly uh, raised a few eyebrows around. Not the fact that he was given a penalty, but he got a 15-second, whereas Dave Reynolds had taken off uh, James Courtney, uh, in a bump and run, and he got a five-second. It just, there was a vast disparity, and, you know, 10 seconds on the track is an enormity, and you cannot make that up, whereas Dave Reynolds was able to on Saturday. He was able to breach that five seconds, which, in the end, got him that podium. But uh, there was a lot of controversy uh, and a lot of discussion around the fact that Scott McLaughlin had read the rules and said, if you're off at, what was that, turn four, you can, re as long as you rejoin before flag point nine, you are, you know, perfectly able to do that. And some people were saying it wasn't in the spirit of how the rule was written. It was for someone who, you know, perhaps got tossed off at full speed and damaged splitter, had bits hanging off the car, and the idea was for them to be able to, you know, take a shortcut to limp around. Now... It blew up on social media and then it had a second life when Scott just happened to post the um, the driving instructions, which clearly stated that what he did was perfectly within the, uh, the rules. But there's the rules, isn't there, Tony, and the spirit of the rules. Yes, indeed. And uh, it, it certainly did seem that uh, things uh, got uh, awry and I think uh, fixed up... Um, beforehand I, I certainly think that the wording of uh, their re-entry rule uh, needs some uh, quick looking at and, and i'm assured that it will happen 
the other part about it was that I felt the communication to the public really didn't uh, do a great job. I think that uh, Craig Baird, through his job, through the communications office of Supercars, should be getting that information out there in a better format than they are. Because clearly, you know, there is... A, a, it's it's like an AFL, you know, when, when rules are brought in and, and the public don't understand it. And you almost lose enthusiasm for things when you can't understand why they're doing things the way they were when that's not how it used to be done. So I think that's certainly something they'll have to be uh, taking a good hard look at themselves over. What was interesting, Tony, was that this weekend seemed to have more contact than all the previous weekends in the 2019 championship. The drivers perhaps felt more confident on this circuit than others to stick it in there, or is it? are you feeling it's a case of uh, that the, the racing is so close now, having that lunge is the only way that they're going to make a pass because there isn't a lot of difference between all these cars? Look, I think it's, it's got to be a combination of things. I mean, certainly... Winton's been known as an action track for a long time and there is a reason it's very tight racing and uh, it's a track that, that does lend itself to people having a go to go in because there are a good number of corners where you can do a successful pass and some corners where you can't. And uh, I think that uh, the greasy track, a uh, combination of uh, the track and maybe the uh, to a degree the, the feeling in the uh, championship people, you know, wanting and needing to make a, a, a name for themselves or reinforce that, hey, we're out here. So, you know, it, uh, it's certainly interesting to say the way in which it's boiled up to a reset point at, at this time of the season. Scott McLaughlin now has 10 wins. 10 wins by Wint Even Jamie Wingcup, who's the grand master of supercar racing, uh, made the, the comment quite flippantly. I've never had 10 by Winton. Yeah, yeah. 10 out of 14 is a very dominant and uh, performance. And particularly when you add in the, uh, I think it's nine uh, pole positions in 14 races. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's quite dramatic. Um, the parity issue didn't raise its head over the weekend, although clearly the DJR Penske uh, two Mustangs had quite a, a sizable advantage. Scotty in particular, I think he had a, a four-tenths or five-tenths on Saturday and Sunday, um, backing up what he'd done in Perth. You know, he clearly has a, 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 a leg over the rest of the field. I would suggest uh, to you, Tony, that a... the DJR Team Penske uh, organisation and, and, and because of that, Tickford are bracing themselves for the next couple of weeks. I think... They expect that the Mustangs will have more changes made to them before Darwin. That's going to be fascinating to see how it all plays out. Uh, One of the other bits of news over the weekend was, of course, the unfortunate uh, neck problem for uh, Richie Stanaway, which caused him to step out of the car 33 of GRM. And Chris Pither, who is his co-driver in the Enduros, um, had to step in for the Sunday race at uh, the Stanaway's neck had become too sore. He'd already it, it came up first of all in a test only ten days beforehand, um, and that Chris certainly uh, did the uh, best job he could do in the circumstances. Stepping into the car, having driven it briefly on a Friday for a couple of laps, and then uh, stepping in on the Sunday to do uh, practice qualifying in a race, 
and he brought home a tip top 15. So that's better than uh, the car's been showing through most of the year. So that was a good uh, substitute for uh, Chris to uh, do that job. Mm. On uh, Sunday, GRM team. On Sunday, Tony, uh, your thoughts? Chas Mostert came in, got tyres on that late uh, competition caution. You could almost call it when they had to tow Will Davison's car off the track. And um, Nick Perkett, he was, you know, seriously in uh, in with a very high showing. And uh, from memory, they pulled him in as well. And for Chas, who was, you know, mid pack, mid mid backpack. Um, or the back part of the field, he was able to really maximise those tyres in those last few laps. But for uh, I think uh, for Nick Perkett, he got uh, he got done over a little bit by pulling him out of the line. Yes, indeed, it it, it certainly was interesting to see that um, Nick uh, was going to probably have a, a, a top five position. I think it would have been um, before the stop, but he certainly. Uh, did well to uh, again be up in the points, and I think he's kept himself well and truly inside the top ten. Yes, he's still in seventh place in the points. Um, but Chaz was the, the fast-moving man in the end there. Um, Shane, uh, normally one who gets a late tyre and has that charge, wasn't able to do anything, and Chaz was able to uh, close right up there. Because um, Chaz had made a couple of mistakes early in the race, but he at least able to get back into the uh, the top ten. Um, so all in all, I, I thought it was some interesting racing. I thought that uh, there was some uh, terrific Formula Ford, a couple of new young kids, uh, one a New Zealander and another fifteen year old from Australia, making their debut. Sonic dominance there with the top four qualifiers were all four uh, Sonic cars. And uh, they won three races in uh, Super 3. Uh, Jaden Ojeda, the uh, Formula 4 champion last year, he did well, won a race, I think won the round. Mm-hmm. So, so some interesting races to uh, in between it. One of the great things was, of course, we didn't get the big downpour of rain that we all thought was going to happen. So that was a terrific thing uh, as well. Mm. Now, for Simona Di for Silvestro, uh, Tony... Where do you see her? She got punted off on Saturday. She had a, a another rough time of it on Sunday. Certainly not spun out as heavily as she was on Saturday on Sunday. But where do you see Simona at the moment, and what about her future? Well, you know, this is the final of her three-year contract with the Kelly Racing and uh, Harvey Normans are sponsoring her. Um, I don't know. I really don't know. I mean, it, it's it's or it'll be in the land of uh, Harvey Norman deciding as to whether they're getting the value out of it or not, and they'll do their own. Whether it's uh, actual questions of go and ask customers, or uh, go and to get some gauge on uh, the level of um, public uh, acceptance of her in the in the job and the the brand being advertised on uh, supercars. So. It'll be interesting to see from uh, what was going to be Supercars. We're going to be a sponsor of uh, by Harvey Normans uh, changed and became a car sponsor for Simona. It'll be interesting to see where they, they continue on in the future. But, you know, the next question is going to be as to um, whether Kelly Racing will continue on. I've, I've heard things that, uh, that they will continue with the Nissan Altimers. Um, they've put a program in and the cars certainly have shown with at least one podium this year and Andre is certainly the standout in that team. 
Gary Jacobson qualified well on the Saturday, couldn't back it up on the Sunday. He got turned around. You know, Rick Kelly, I mean, he won a race uh, at uh, Winton last year, but this year wasn't anywhere near it. So it's a real yo-yo for the team from uh, one year to the next, and you've got to wonder as to when they will be getting their next podium. Yeah, indeed. And uh, also congratulations to Nathan Prendergast and the team. They've been nominated for a Logie once again in their uh, for their efforts with Bathurst. So uh, Craig Lowndes and Stephen Richards, of course, prevailing on that day and the coverage of Bathurst once again getting that uh, nod for a Logie. So we'll see how it all um, pans out over the course of uh, the Logies. And it was certainly interesting to see in which the way uh, the weekend panned out. I mean, it was obviously a one-two twice, twice over for uh, the good folks at DJR Team Penske. Um, but um, the good thing that washed out of that really was that uh, people got the rewards they should have. You know, for instance, uh, it was great to see that uh, Dave Reynolds on both days um, was able to... Uh, be up right near the top end he could well have easily uh, had a, a podium both Saturday and Sunday but uh, just a, a mere slip in one corner and Jamie Wincup was uh, back on the podium again and obviously they've regained some of the form that they had uh, been missing for some months um, it was also terrific to see uh, that um, Heimgartner again uh, was showing the form bit unfortunate, um, in fact, very unfortunate for Will Davison, who had uh, continued his strong form this year. With, you know, he's had 10 top 10 results in uh, 13 races and, unfortunately, a DNF on Sunday with a transaxle uh, failure. Uh, interestingly, I've actually heard of at least two other transaxles that have had uh, catastrophic uh, failures this year. So maybe the extract's not quite all that, that was said was going to be, but... Uh, good show today with plenty of interviews and plenty of words around. Uh, the first part of the segment will, in fact, be Will Davison and his engineer, Brendan Hogan, uh, talking. Um, and, uh, yeah, they've had, they've had a good time and a good blending uh, with the driver and engineer returning together um, at, uh, well, not they've worked together, of course, but uh, at FPR or Tickford Racing, as they're now called. It was uh, interesting to catch up with them. You had a couple of good interviews too as well, Craig, with uh, Andre Heimgartner and uh, Andre uh, and Anton Di Pasquale. Yes, I did. And um, um, also, anything stand out in those? Well, you'll hear them in a few moments on the show. I won't. Uh, I'll keep my powder dry with that. Whilst Preface we're talking about things yep. that happened, a um, lot of talk and there's a lot of disquiet up and down the pit lane about the amount of changes that are happening in supercars at the moment, Tony. And perhaps we should talk about, uh, not naming names, but certainly people are feeling that there's change going on for change's sake and it's not being communicated as well as uh, many would hope. Right, okay. You had a couple of conversations then uh, also, as I did, uh, an interesting doorstop press conference, but we'll get on to that in a few minutes' time. So we'll get into the show, shall we, uh, with um, a couple of interviews to start the, the ball uh, 
rolling with uh, Will Davison and Brendan Hogan. Each week, join the Inside Motorsport team as they look at all the news from across Australia and around the world. Still a bit in shock. Uh, <laughs> thanks, thanks, everyone. Dissecting the sport with interviews, news and opinion. Got to put money back into the sport at the lower levels to develop the kids and bring them up. You can't rely upon good luck for Daniel Ricciardo's old man to have found a few mates to tip some money in and send him overseas. There actually needs to be a structure. Inside Motorsport broadcast on community radio and online at sportradio.com.au. The views expressed on Inside Supercars, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect the views of the network, Thunder Media or Sport Radio. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited. Dick Johnson from DJR Team Fenske. And you're on Inside Supercars. Welcome to Inside Supercars. I'm with Will Davison at 23 Red. We're at Winton. Race 14 has just run. And unfortunately, Will wasn't running at the end of it. After a, a pretty pretty good year to start with. I mean, 10 top 10s and 5 or 6 uh, top 5s. It came to a, a mechanical end. What happened? Uh, yeah, well, it looks like we've uh, had a transaxle issue. So. Yep. Yeah, pretty gutting. We're trying to put a really consistent um, year together and, um, you know, we had a bit of a tough day yesterday, but, you know, we'd bounced back pretty well today, um, you know, regathered ourselves, you know, qualified reasonably strong. We're having a good race there, looking like we're, we're on for a top five. Yep. Um, I'd noticed the, the trans had sort of wasn't sounding that great um, from about 10 or 15 laps in, but it had sort of stayed pretty consistent for about 30 laps. I had everything crossed that it would make the end, and uh, unfortunately it's let go there with about 10 laps to go. Okay, so this is your third transmission in uh, your 15 years or whatever in the category. Yeah, yeah, I haven't haven't done many, so obviously this category will... We'll uh, analyse it in depth. It's it's a new component, control component for this season. Um, You know... They're, you know, they're meant to be rock solid, higher kilometres, less maintenance. Um, I believe the, the, the kilometres we've been keeping an eye on and, uh, you know, from what I gather and what I've been told, certainly wasn't near its uh, end of life. So, uh, yeah, obviously we'll be doing a big study as to why it's happened because it's very, very disappointing, very, very costly for us as a, as a, as a team, um, you know, just throwing away a lot of points. Yeah. Okay. Now, it was um, a new car. Same colours, same number, a lot of new components around you from uh, from last year to this year, um, and obviously made that big jump that uh, Phil, I imagine, uh, had hoped that would come and that you would uh, desire to come, and sure enough, it has happened. Yes, yep, yep. So, um, yeah, we showed on our moments last year that, uh, you know, we're, we're capable, and uh, I've always kept faith in myself, and I'm just really, really fortunate that I've got someone like Phil behind me now that's, um, you know, got faith in me and, and wants to work with me and, and uh, you know, give us give us the best opportunity we can. So I feel a, certainly a sense of responsibility to um, repay him and, and bring him results. And, um, you know, collectively we're doing all we can within our powers to be competitive for our, our group of sponsors at 23 Red. So it's uh, been a big step up joining Tickford. Um, but, uh, yeah, we've clearly got a way to go still to be to be winning races, but it's been a good start to the year. Yeah, indeed. And uh, tell me, uh, Will, um, the uh, change of team um, going back to Tickford, which you were at uh, some years ago, was it eight, ten years ago or something like that? Oh, no, the five. 2013 five was my 13. last year there. Oh, yeah. okay. 
um, it was obviously somewhere you're comfortable. You won races there and, and uh, obviously enjoyed that environment. So going back there again was not a totally alien thing to do. No, fortunately, I mean, I always really try not to burn bridges in motorsports. Pretty small old industry. So, um, you know, it was unfortunate I didn't continue there after actually being top three in the championship for a couple of seasons straight. Um, but, yeah, I had a very great relationship. A lot of people are still there today. I think there's a lot of mutual respect there. So, um, yeah, it's funny how the world works. And in a roundabout ways, we're, we're back in the fold there. And uh, for me, it's great to be back in a big organisation with, with big resources and fast teammates. And we're all pushing each other. And I'm, I'm really enjoying being, you know, back in that environment. Um, and, uh, yeah, having, having a great opportunity again to, to be uh, right at the front. And the good thing is you've got, you know, young... You're the most experienced of the drivers there and had the most wins and those Bathurst wins and all those sort of things. Um, it, it's good. Young blokes give you enthusiasm, but they also give you um, their opportunity where helping them helps you at the same time, doesn't it? Exactly. So I've been through, you know, I've been through the ropes. I've seen it all, been there, done it, and uh, know where to apply my, my energy now. I try not to let unnecessary things get me down or worry me. So um, I think I can help the young guys in a way. I've been there and now... You know, I just want us to go well. I want to work together and be productive, not play games with teammates and get drawn in all that sort of stuff. I can't be bothered. I don't have the energy for that anymore. I just, uh, you know, want want a quick car, and uh, for that, you need to work together as a team. So, um, yeah, I think it's a, it's a, it's a really good combination at the moment of exuberance, um, young exuberance, and, and a bit of experience, and and I think we're all making each other better for it. And one of the things is that with guys like both Chaz and Cam and Lee, that you all know that there's better ways to do things and, and you can draw on each other to do that. And I imagine you're gelling well with Brendan Hogan, who's, who I've known for some years. Yeah, you know, we're all working really well together and uh, bit by bit our expectations are now getting a bit higher, so we're obviously very gutted with today's result. Um, but, uh, yeah, exactly. I mean, we're all working well together and, um, you know, the engineers are working well together and, um, we're still trying a lot of things as a team to try and bridge the gap to the very front of the field, but uh, we're close, and uh, yeah, it's it's very very productive working environment. I was very pleased to catch up with Alex yesterday, um, and uh, how many times have you shared together now, Carl? Um, so this would be uh, three years. Three we years. did two at Erebus. We had last year at Twenty Three Red. Yep. So this is our fourth year together, which is wonderful, and I think our best shot, our best opportunity to uh, get right. results. So we're pretty pumped about. Well, that. we look forward in Bathurst week getting together and uh, catching up with both of the Davison brothers together. Thanks, Tony. Thank you. Welcome to Inside Supercars. We're straight after race fourteen. Blokes are still on the podium. Your guy should have been up there. I'm with Brendan Hogan. Brendan, I, I don't know what happened, so first off, what, what was the problem with the... Uh, yeah, about probably 20 laps into the race, he started complaining about gear changes being real notchy and the gear stick jumping in and out of his hand. And then, uh, yeah, like, whatever lap we were on, the gearbox just shit itself and we DNF lost all drive, so... Okay, so lost just drive, Yeah, you? we just, we thought it might have been a tail shaft, but we've just had a look under there and it's not that, so yeah, definitely done it's something transmission related. Cogs inside. Yeah, I think, yeah, something's met something else and it probably wasn't meant to. Have you had any problems previously to this? Uh, not with this gearbox, no. no. No, this is, this one's been quite bulletproof, so yeah, it's a bit unfortunate, um, so yeah. But we learn from our uh, problems, so... Yeah, frustratingly, we do. Okay. Now, yesterday you didn't quite have the pace of the front pack. Today you did. Yeah, well, yesterday we actually got hit off on the first lap. So we were second last after the first lap and yep. got back to 12th. So that was 
a recovery. O- okay, recovery, considering where we were at the end of the first lap. Um, we qualified out of position just with the weather, and yeah, it was the same same conditions for everyone, so there's no excuses there. But yeah, we, we qualified out of position, and yeah, we definitely were out of position by the end of the first lap, and then raced back to where we probably yeah we raced back to where we started. So. Yep. And, and pleased with the cars today? Uh, yeah, no, we'd, we'd made some changes overnight that just made it a fair bit easier to drive because up until, like, the race, we hadn't actually changed the car at all since we rolled it out. Like, okay. you're straight into qualifying pretty much and it was rain, conditions were changing all the time. So, yeah, we didn't we didn't touch the car from the rollout until, until this morning. Um, and there was Alex's first drive uh, yesterday of the car? Yeah, yeah, Alex, uh, same thing. Like, he, he only got two dry laps and then it belted down rain in his session, so... We just put him out on the wets and just let him drive around. Like he didn't come here just to sit in the garage and say the track's wet. So yeah. we thought we'd just put him out and give him some laps and get him to play with some of the adjustments that they can do in the car. And yeah, and and good progress. Yeah, no. Look, I'm really really happy with the way Alex. Like his feedback's very good. And yeah, no, he's. You a, wouldn't have worked with him before, would you? No, I've never worked with Alex, but yeah, both both the uh, Davidson boys are they're, uh, they're class operators so yeah they know what they're doing they're race ready yeah, yeah. no definitely they're, they're well race proven those two alright Brendan well thanks so much I don't know when I'll catch you yet but I won't make the Darwin or Townsville rounds but uh, definitely see you at Bathurst no we'll worries alright cool thank you alright thanks Tony welcome back to Inside Supercars we've got a, a bunch of opinions and I think all these interviews are post race 14 is that right Craig that's right With Andre Heimgartner Anton Pasquale and Chaz Mostert giving us their thoughts on the weekend. Andre Hunkardner, after a month of uh, motor racing, solid motor racing action, what's the uh, next month run to Darwin looking like? Um, yeah, got a bit of a break, so um, got to go back to New Zealand for a personal matter, which is a bit unfortunate, but um, yeah, I've got the next weekend off and then straight to TCR, we'll be at Phillip Island and then I think Darwin and then i got Suzuka, so um, another few busy weeks and I have one week off then some uh, three more in a row so uh, very busy and uh, enjoying it at the moment so uh, certainly Shane talked a couple of years ago about how much better he felt as a racer after doing what you're doing now is that what you feel like yeah definitely I think the more you can race anything the better it's just like anything um, when you go through those those brain patterns and um, I was wondering this weekend coming here after driving last four weekends in a row in all different cars um, whether it would affect me and I think it definitely had a positive effect what about where your car's at? Are you happy with the balance now? Because there was a lot of changes over the off-season and even a few into the season. Um, yeah, I think we're sort of as good as we can expect right now. We're sort of pushing into the 10 regularly and uh, racing around there. And I think that's sort of the, ca- the capability of our car. And if we can get it right on some days, you can get a podium like at Phillip Island. But um, at this stage, you know, where we sort of are is where we are and um, until we... Um, you know, change our body shape or do something dr- drastic, um, I'm not sure how much further we can go. Well, all the best and uh, look forward to seeing how you progress over the next few weeks. It certainly sounds like a fun time ahead. Well, after next week, it sounds like a fun time ahead. <laughs> awesome, thank you. Cheers. Cheers. And on Deep Pasquale, some may say that perhaps the driver's standings observer hadn't much work to do this year because he certainly rolled out a bunch of penalties this weekend at Winton and you're on the receiving end of one of them. Uh, yeah, it's it's one of those tracks that's so hard to pass that every move's a bit dicey. Yeah, I I was on the receiving end of a, an incident which got someone a penalty, which I spun. Um, and then, yeah, today on Sunday I uh, made a, what I thought was a fair move and got a penalty. So, 
you know how it all pans out i'm not too sure i have to have a view and have a chat but uh at the time i thought it was pretty stiff yeah does it blur the lines on what's a fair move what's not now for you or do you think it can be cleared up in you know having a chat to craig later oh, i'll have i'll have a chat to him when i see him but yeah it's hard because on the when we started turning in we'll side by side front wheels so it wasn't it wasn't i wasn't there or not there i was i was more my corner than anybody else's so um yeah how that happens i'm not too sure after like i said i haven't actually seen the incident but uh at the time yeah and from what everyone in the team reckons it were pretty unlucky and that kind of ruined our day one the incident and two the penalty so we lost probably a top six opportunity just based on one moment in the race and we're a bit disappointed with that because we had a fast car got a bit of a break now until you're next out on track yeah a little bit of a break and we're going back to darwin where we had a really good run last year so um hopefully we can carry this form of speed over um, which we've had for the last few rounds and uh, get a bag of results which we didn't get this weekend you're always a fairly confident chap but are you more confident now in this second year with the way that you've been able to gel through this second season because occasionally a second year driver has a bit of a drop after all the hype of the first year um yeah I've, i feel like i'm getting more comfortable and improving and getting more out of myself and the team um every round and we're working really good together between all the engineers myself dave and, and everybody else in the team um so we're getting stronger and stronger but uh yeah i've I'm going to my second year feels more at home and i feel sort of I, I belong in that top top bunch on on our day and you know, obviously it's tired and everyone's fighting hard but um and when we're there we really deserve it so yeah we're we're, we're we're quite confident but at the same time we know we've got to fight hard to keep where we are well it was an interesting weekend and it's going to be uh, very interesting to see how everyone shapes up at the top end yeah, yeah. There's there's a lot going on. Um, we've all got a bit of work to do to catch the the front two, um, but the battle after that's pretty tight. So um, there's sort of podiums up for grabs if we if if we do a good job. Well, Chaz Mossad, an interesting weekend could only be the way we describe Winton 2019. Yeah, uh, a bit ups and downs. Good to get a pole. Good to get a second yesterday. You know, we didn't have the best rollout today, but you know, thought we were in a good position to maybe get another top five. But yeah, just made a mistake on the opening lap, which. Put us back and then, um, yeah, the race is just the way it was. So very lucky in the end with a safety car to salvage something from about 16th on the road. So um, can only be really happy with, with that. But, yeah, bit of a downer for us. How do you then reset the brain before you go off onto the track again? Don't know. Completely get away from this paddock, go home, kick my feet up, think nothing of supercars and um, enjoy myself. Going to get any other racing in or just uh, fanging around go-karts or anything in between? Nope, not at all. Don't want to think of racing whatsoever. Go on fishing. Pretty much. All right, well, all the best, and uh, look forward to seeing you back out on the track soon. Thanks, mate. Cheers. After the break, Tim Edwards. Each week, join the Inside Motorsport team as they look at all the news from across Australia and around the world. Yeah, I mean, it, it means a lot. You know, through the years, a lot of reference this race is one of our majors. 600 miles around here is no easy task. Uh, we were able to beat the two level two the boys and, uh, and meet Anthony Begley in the final, which uh, we were able to do after, um, take the win off him. So, it was, uh, yeah, it was a great weekend for the uh, Raptor family. Inside Motorsport broadcast on community radio and online at sportradio.com.au. Join in the conversation. Post your thoughts on our Sport Radio Facebook page. Hi, I'm Macaulay Jones. I'm from the Cool Drive Race team and you're listening to Inside Supercars. Tim Edwards and sort of suggests it's one of the biggest doorstop press conferences you've ever had. Standing talking amicably and then suddenly the uh, press pack of young uh, Australian motorsport journalists arrive and uh, anyway follows a, an interesting rolling conversation with questions coming from numerous journalists to Tim Edwards, the head of uh, Tickford Racing. What happened to um, Dale's car? Something 
in the transmission. Yeah. So just went and we drive. Which at the start was that just drive over or is there an issue that I just obviously that the tyres are cold and you don't have the same grip on lap one as you have on lap five and he was just he was just pushing on. So to get a P10 from that was that a pretty good result? Oh absolutely yeah. I mean and it was the right call by Adam at the end just to you know where we were in P15 or P nowhere so it was the right call to, to put tyres on and you know obviously that was the plan that's exactly what he said to Chaz when he went back out after we changed the tyres he said right we expect a P10 out of this you got six cars to pass or seven cars whatever it was and you've got six laps so get on with it yeah obviously you got the penalty for uh, the touch on jc uh yeah what were your thoughts there with uh, obviously chaz was racing pretty hard making some big moves to yeah it was. To i mean back. you know chaz has got a view that it was you know, james was sort of helping himself off at that point anyway swerving all over the place so yeah it's um it's one of those things, both drivers will always have their own opinion, but 15 seconds seem to be pretty stern, but, but is what it is, we can't change it, so. Your overall read on what you got out of the weekend versus what you wanted to get out of the weekend? Oh, I mean, it's great, you know, to get all four cars qualifying in the top ten. You know, Lee's obviously had his challenges in qualifying, so to finally get him up there, you know, joining his teammates in the top ten. We're a little bit disappointed in qualifying today that... You know, I think we had the speed in Chaz's car in particular to, to be on the front row. We didn't certainly didn't have Scotty Max pace, but we could have been on the front row. So even though we had the four cars in the 10, we're a little bit... It's, it's funny, you know, you, you set the bar pretty high for yourself now, and as soon as you start performing a little bit, you, last year if we had four in the 10, we would have been doing handstands. But uh, certainly this morning we got four in the 10, and everyone was like, oh, we, we wanted more. Four in the 10 is great, but the margin to... Scotty is huge. Can you believe how, how much speed they're getting out of those cars? Look, you see it every now and again. Well, the car, you know, he was he was half a second faster than his teammate. So, um, oh, look, you know, yes, you see this every now and again. We saw it for years with with Win Cup as well. That sometimes drivers are just in the zone and they become almost in a bit of an enigma. You know, the confidence levels up, and you know, he's obviously always been a very strong qualifier. Um, but look, you know, we're not sitting with what we've got at the moment. We, you know, we've got a, a reasonable development pipeline and, and we're working hard to bring that in over the next few months. Yes, some of your drivers have talked a bit about motor. Is, is that part of it? Yeah, it's part of it, yep. But it's not the only thing. You know, we've got a few areas that we're targeting in the car um, and we've sort of got a rollout plan over the next few months. Any motor stuff for Darwin? There's a pretty big straight bit of... Oh, I, would, I would never confirm or deny that with you, so you can speculate away to your heart's content. I was hoping you would give us a bit of check the speed traps at Darwin, brother. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Check the speed and, traps and, at and Darwin, brother. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> I look forward to the wheel stands off the bottom. That's right. <laughs> Have you got any test plans in the coming months? No, nah, we're not. We're testing in. Uh, it's about two months' time. Um, we decided not to test before this race because we wanted to wait until we actually had some new bits to test, rather than just. If we came here, um, when the other teams came here a couple of weeks ago, we really just would have been testing for the sake of it. And ultimately, you, you arrive here and the grip level is completely different, you know, week on week. So you've got to be careful you don't come here testing. And we've done it in the past and, and lull yourself into a false sense of security because it does change so much with the ambient and the different rubber that comes down. Is there a status quo now in terms of parity? Any adjustments to anything else? As far as I'm concerned, yes. Okay. Right. Do you get confirmation of that, or do you oh, say there, there would never ever be a confirmation of that because 
supercars could never ever say that there will never ever be any change. So right. it's one of those things that they always need to be have it up their sleeve that they could change. Um, but as far as I'm aware, there's absolutely nothing else being considered at the moment. Given I know we've been through many very different tracks, are the, are the four drivers content with the balance of the car compared to what it was before these adjustments were made? It's hard to compare because the, you know we've made the changes on the run, and so unless you're actually made the change halfway through a race weekend, they're never actually going to feel the difference because they just arrive in Perth and they've got a different aero balance, but they weren't to know what the aero balance is going to be like at Perth on the new surface pre those changes. So you can, you know, and because we haven't actually tested here this year, we can't even do a like for like comparison for there. So that, you know, we just deal with, you know, what we've got on the day. Yeah, yeah. And as we've made but, the changes, but there's no discontent from them with the car that they're rolling out with. Oh, we would be much happier if the car was as we rolled out in Adelaide. Okay, all right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I understand that. And there would be 100% unanimity on that amongst all the members of this race team. Yes. Yes. This is tackling. This is real gang tackling now. <laughs> Your overall read on the two-day format? Uh, jury's out a bit for me because, unfortunately, we unloaded the trucks on Thursday, so we're all here, and it made... Friday, a day of just standing around, almost wondering why we weren't on track. So, anyway, it's it's just one of those things that we had to try, and you know, the output of it might be that oh yeah, we need to unload the trucks on Friday if we do a two-day meeting in the future. So you just got to take all the lessons out of it as we do with the qualifying format changes and all those other things, and and then when we sit down and discuss it as a commission, we'll decide whether it worked or it didn't. Today, obviously, his best results since he's joined your team. Yeah, well, I mean, he's... His, his race pace over the last few rounds has been fantastic anyway, so we always knew that if he just qualified a bit better, he'd end up with a much stronger result. And he did what, and he did exactly that today. He managed to qualify in the top ten and, uh, and got a much stronger result. But, you know, you look at his pace in, in Perth where he qualified very badly, but he still managed to pull a top nine um, out of, in the race. So we always knew if he could qualify better, we'd come away with a much stronger result, and he, and he proved that point today. There seemed to be a lot of them this weekend, far more than in the past. I'm sure from Beto's perspective, if that will be, well, that was because they all drove like idiots. But, but yeah, it... it, it, it um, Certainly from Chaz's perspective, he felt hard done by in what happened with James. He said, well, if you want a procession, that's what you'll get if you just carry on doing that. So do you as a team owner, as a commissioner, go back and review and out of the box sort of level of fees or penalties? Well, as, as a team, we don't do that. But, you know, we certainly discuss it with Berto and let him explain, much like he did last night when we spoke to him about... Uh, what happened with Scotty Mack, etc. You know, Beto's always open to having those conversations and explaining his point of view. And he listens to ours as well. But, well, what's done, he's done. You can't change the result today. And I wouldn't argue for a second we should, but, but, they're, but they're no different to us. You know, they're always learning. And, you know, if you look at the way they worded that rule about, you know, going on back to turn nine, well, you know, they'll, they'll go away and decide whether they should reword that for, for next year's race. You know, is that the appropriate um, thing that to be in the driver briefing notes? Should they should they do that? Yeah, and they will. They, they, they always do that. 
Now, they always um, review what happens. There's a lot of debriefing happens after a weekend that teams don't realise goes on. You know, be, between the stewards and, and, um, and the supercars officials, they always review the week, the post-event, you know, were there enough toilets here? Was, uh, was it good enough um, um, getting out of the venue? All the, Everything gets reviewed after the weekend, both on and off the track. So they change that, they change that rule, one, do you think? Oh, well, it, it does seem a little bit bizarre that we could all drive off and just cut, cut across that every single lap of the race yeah. and not get into trouble. You could have a 24-car train doing that. So it seems a little bizarre that you'd actually write that and, and everyone could go, well, I could save a litre of fuel every lap, so everybody's cutting it a strip across there. Unfortunately, it was a bit of a bizarre way it went off. Generally, when you go off at that corner, you career through the culvert, you bounce out the other side, your splitter's hanging off. You can't turn around and drive back through that anyway. It was just a little unusual that Scotty kind of, he was still running parallel with the track and didn't actually go off that way. It's made it seem quite bizarre. That's not the typical way that people go off there. They generally plough through the culvert. Back to that previous point about passing. There's not that much pass in this category as there is. Do you honestly think that those handing those penalties out does discourage the place from having a oh, look, It's hard to actually lump them all into the same basket because there'll be some that were 100%, you know, you drill someone and turn them around, you know, so the, 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 it's just navigating through, and that's, and that's obviously always Berto's challenge. But, you know, he is trying to encourage racing, but at the same time, he's trying to stop people just getting drilled and run off the track. You know, I'll have an opinion, as will Chaz, about what happened with James, which will differ to the Bedos, but he expects that because that's, that's what happens up and down the pit lane every weekend. Interesting there in that uh, little bit of an insight of what happens after a race, Tony, that... You know, some people often say, oh, why is it all the same? And it's because you just try and grab these people when they're available. And if it's an all-in, it's an all-in, and you try and get your angle um, in there without perhaps showing all your cards to everyone else. And at the same time, it's also interesting to hear other people's questions, the things you may not think of that uh, someone else is, you know, who's intimately involved in a series uh, asking of someone you know, a board member, um, someone who's on the commission and who's uh, obviously got a large stake in the business, like Tim Edwards does, as to the various aspects of the business they want to talk about. So, after the break, it's back with Inside Supercars. Each week, join the Inside Motorsport team as they look at all the news from across Australia and around the world. This year in Formula 3, I think, is a fantastic environment for me to be doing that. However, I believe for myself, uh, a sustainable career in tin tops such as Fiat Supercars in Australia is where I see myself. Second crack at the Australian time since we've been back and a bit unlucky the first time that we end up with a win there at the Freeway City uh, two weeks ago. Inside Motorsport broadcast on community radio and online at sportradio.com.au. Join in the conversation, post your thoughts on our Facebook page and to ask a question, email insiders at sportradio.com.au Welcome to Inside Supercars, this is Ryan Storey from DJR Team Penske, enjoy the show. Welcome back to Inside Supercars, it's our final moments of this week's show and certainly glad to be getting some warmth where I live in the world, it's uh, been snowing today so good to be back inside. Anyway, uh, my final thoughts are around the penalties. Supercars, like many other sports in the world, have to have competitive penalties. It's not so much that there's 
masses of new penalties um, being introduced in the series. It's the application of them because maybe it was more competitive. Maybe it was, you know, more people wanting to get closer to the front. Maybe the pressure of the season is being applied. But it seemed to me that supercars need to do a better job in communicating to the public and to the journalists, although we get a list of what's happened and comes up on the screens, all those sort of things. But it needs to be communicated better why these penalties are happening in the way they are. Because it did seem to me some inconsistency in the way they were applied over this last weekend. But we'll wait and see and hope that they're uh, very quickly uh, put together and worked out as to what we should be doing. So that's it from me from this week. And Craig? Your final thought? My final thought is uh, we're seeing a lot more podcasts these days, of course, uh, Inside Supercars, the original supercar podcast. But, uh, uh, of course, Andrew Van Leeuwen, Michael Caruso, David Reynolds have their podcast. Uh, There's the Fox Sport podcast, which is morphed into the loud pedal. And uh, now Jack Rewalt and our own Scott McLaughlin are putting out a podcast as well. So... um, I've I've got a whisper, Tony, and uh, exclusively on Inside Supercars, I can tell you about a potential new podcast that is going to hit the airwaves very soon. Coming soon, Australia's fastest podcast, Fabs and the Dub. I know Jamie, you're about motorsport. We're not a huge amount, but of not motorsport. Fabian Coulthard and Jamie Winkup cross the team divide to bring you a hard-hitting look at the world of supercars. Yeah, yeah. See, so these podcast things. Um, Big. I'm just getting into social media, actually, so I'm a little bit behind the old podcast thing. And I have two kids. Yeah. <laughs> Don't miss their live show at the Darwin Triple Crown. Tickets on sale now. At the car wash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. How, how many car washes you opening up in Brisbane soon? I'll give you a bit of, uh, yeah, a bit of chemical run. Yes. What am I know how to wash Your a wheel? pH versus <laughs> high pH, yeah. Happy days. Fab's in the Dub podcast, coming soon to iTunes and Spotify. All right, well, we'll sit back and uh, enjoy that and look forward to the future weeks, the uh, birth of another motorsport podcast in Australia. It's certainly uh, interesting to see the diversification and to have the opinions out there. So that's it from this week's Inside Supercars. Craig Gravel and Tony Whitlock signing off. Inside Supercars is produced by Thunder Media. Tune in next week for more at sportradio.com.au or lock in the podcast on your iTunes or mobile device, search Inside Supercars.